0: Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to the uh, Project A Plus holiday special. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, My name's Hunter, and uh, before we get started with today's special, we have something very important to do, which is that, uh, well, why don't you tell the the gentle listener what exactly we're drinking at the moment to get into the holiday spirit? Well, we're drinking
1: a uh, unique concoction. A spin on an old favourite, that old favourite being hot buttered rum. Mm. A uh, holiday appropriate beverage, albeit not especially appropriate to the Australian climate. But fortunately for you, you are not Australian. No, I'm not. It's possibly cold over there right now, right? It's nighttime, it's a bit, bit chilly.
0: It is pretty cold. You're right.
1: Whereas here, it is uh, 39 degrees centigrade, which is like. Close to 100 Fahrenheit.
0: Do you want to share your recipe for this concoction?
1: I do. I do want to share my recipe because this is not just any old hot buttered rum. This is one that I've devised specifically for this episode, specifically for our listeners
0: and ourselves. The Project A Plus special, as, as we'll call it. Yeah.
1: The Project A Plus hot buttered rum.
0: So before you listened to this episode, please um, acquire the ingredients to make this in, and make yourself a nice warm cup. You can drink along with us.
1: Yes. You will require 12 grams of butter. And I'm going to stick with the metric system here. 8 grams of brown sugar. One teaspoon of tamarind puree or concentrate. Now, personally, I prefer to make tamarind puree concentrate myself. But I understand that that's not practical for everyone. So you can just buy a little tub of uh, puree.
0: Mm, Which is what I did.
1: Also, you will need a quarter teaspoon of allspice ground, a total of 110 grams of hot tea, Mm. ideally orange pico, and 50 grams of rum. As a garnish, you will also require some grated nutmeg and orange peel. Mm. So do you have all that ready? Here's what you do. So leave the butter out for a little bit so it's uh, pliable. Then you want to cream the butter with the sugar. So it makes one consistent paste, and it's all the one colour. You don't get, like, random bits of butter. That will prevent um, an unpleasant oily sensation in the final beverage. So you've done that. Now add your tamarind and your allspice. Mix all that together. Then add half of the tea, that is 55 grams. Mix that around. Make sure it's all diluted and dissolved. Then add the rum and the rest of the hot tea. Mm and finally garnish with some grated nutmeg and drop in an orange peel mm. and then you'll be ready to begin okay now why is why is this drink appropriate for project a plus i uh, don't know why is it should we take a sip and find out yep okay ready i'm ready let's go oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd say that's appropriate <laughs> Um, well, that does not taste good, but rest assured, I will be finishing this entire uh, entire mug. You know what? it doesn't taste half bad.
1: yeah maybe maybe <laughs> to you. This tastes better than what I was experimenting with leading up to uh, this particular
0: recipe. I think my uh my noise that I made speaks for itself. Mm. let's let's take another step and see if it's. Uh... I mean, I
1: will say that hot buttered rum, even in its best form is is kind of disgusting yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this. Um, pretty gross it is pretty gross <clears throat> but kind of in a nice way like christmas you know
0: yeah just like how you're disgusted by the consumerist but it's nice because it was the birth of our wooden savior
1: exactly yeah what i've tried to do here is is take a beloved recipe and ruin it with some unnecessary additions resulting in something unpleasant and poorly mixed just like the podcast.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I do not care for this. So more traditional
1: recipes, I will say, have more sugar, more butter. Mm. To be honest, that makes it more disgusting in my book. So I downgraded the sugar and the butter. Usually they're supposed to be equal quantities, but I had even less sugar because I don't like it to be too sweet. Mm. And to off-balance the sweetness even further, to counteract that sweetness, I added tamarind, which as far as I'm aware is a unique addition to this beverage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the hot tea, the bitterness, the, the bit of bitterness you get from the hot tea, um, and also the, the acidity and citrus sort of flavor from the orange rind hopefully counterbalances it as well. But I mean, it, all in all, it's pretty it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting really sick of even trying it to devise this recipe. But... <laughs> I'd give it two thumbs down, use uh, the old Roger Debert scale. But it's okay. Like this is so much better than than the straight ahead one that I made initially. So oh boy, well that's I'm that's glad good about hear. that.
0: That's good here.
1: I, I I don't think you'd like hot buttered rum anyway. Probably not. If you not. don't like if you don't like this, because this is pretty much this is pretty close, but I think slightly more tolerable. Ugh! It tastes <laughs> like a medicine that I'm drinking. <laughs> it's a cooling balm for
0: your soul. It's not cooling. It's warm. No, it's not cooling. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking wire. Hmm. But you know when it's when
1: it's hot like it is here, mm. and you drink like a hot tea drink, there is actually a cooling effect.
0: Uh, okay, I'll take your word for that, buddy. I'm not sure if that's actually true, but it sounds like bloody. enough bullshit that you can accept it.
1: Anyway, isn't it nice to be here together with our delicious drinks by the fireplace? Yeah. Oh, can that fire. The, the oh, cracking? it's so warm.
0: It seems unnecessary. It seems like it'd be unnecessary in the burning heat of australia but you
1: know well it was worth it for the podcast it was a sacrifice i was willing to make your life yes so what are we going to do on today's holiday special i hear you ask yep well we're just gonna we're gonna relax we're gonna get into the holiday spirit mm. so we're
0: i'm gonna, gonna, gonna take by my the, pants off the
1: fireside drink our delicious hot buttered rum and uh maybe 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 reel off some lists maybe, maybe do like five lists six lists even? maybe five yeah Maybe seven, <laughs> maybe seven. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe some awards. Maybe, but before we get into that, uh huh, we're going to start with a little Christmas anecdote.
0: Is this an antidote you want to uh, antidote you want to share with the general listening population, or is it just for by your? It's an
1: antidote I want to share with the general population that I've just poisoned. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So I was on a tram the other day, right? You know what a tram is. Yeah, <laughs> i not a I'm not a moron. <laughs> Good, good. And uh, I was sitting in a seat. There was another seat opposite me, facing me. Mm -hmm. Um, One of those gawky teenagers was sitting there. Mm -hmm. Then uh, he got off. And a couple of minutes later, I noticed that there was some money left on the seat. In particular, three gold coins amounting to five Australian dollars. Okay. And they were arranged like three corners of a square, it was quite neat so it sort of looked like it, I was being presented with a with a test right, a Christmas test what would I do, would I be selfish and just snatch up the money for myself right or would I leave the money there for someone who might uh, need the money more than I do, right mm. what, what would you do in that scenario first?
0: Uh, I would snatch up the money would you? yeah
1: what would you do with the money?
0: Uh, I would, I don't know Buy something with it
1: Okay, so you would just, without any scruples You would just take the money and be like, yeah, it's fair enough Yeah man, we live in a cutthroat world, doggy dog You know? There's no chance of giving the money Back to its owner May as well just take it, enjoy it Exactly, exactly Wow, fortunately the world is not Comprised (laughs) of people like you And that there are people like me still out there Even if we are a minority Oh, because you did the the noble thing So I was like, I'm going to leave it there but then I started of thinking. I was like, well, if I leave it there, who's to say that there won't be some hunter-like individual
0: <laughs> or, who will
1: get on after me and just snatch up the money? Or a Nazi. Or a Nazi, yes, who uses it to fund Nazi stuff. So what I decided to do instead is, is to take the money and plan on redistributing it myself. So to find someone in the street who is in need,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who would benefit from the money. I think that, that was the best outcome. For everybody, and also I didn't want to give the whole five dollars to to one recipient. I think it's better to spread it around a little bit. So I gave uh, I gave one of the two dollar coins, so two dollars of the five dollars, I gave to two people mm. begging outside a supermarket,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I also chipped in fifty five cents of my own money. Wow! I didn't need to, but I did, right? Because I don't like carrying shrapnel. So it was kind of win win. Wow! And then I had three dollars remaining, and uh, I haven't I haven't given it away yet. But I intend to. It's in the pocket of my jacket. It will be distributed. Uh, you you do kind of sound like a maniac, but your heart's in the right place. So <laughs> I, I won't spend it. I promise. It's it's in there so I can give it to somebody. You should just give it to one person. But you got to spread the
0: love. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. But peace and love. Peace and love. Well, that was um... peace and love. <laughs> that was peace and love. That was <laughs> that was. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Uh, sort of interesting, I guess. It's an amazing story, and
1: I come off like a like a like uh, an angel.
0: Yeah, how, how did I come off of? And you come off
1: like a monster. <laughs> well, I
0: don't, I don't care. All right, let's get into it. So we're going to start with a movie that we watched and then forgot that we watched until we made our list, okay? Yes. Then we're going to do five films that we discovered this year that were not from this year. The five films from years past that opened a new path for us or that we really loved, something like that. Right. Yes. Then, after that, we'll do five films that we watched that were disappointing in some way. Mm-hmm. And then, we'll do our bottom ten of the year. And then, after after that pit of negativity, we're going to jump on, back up, and, and award our... Uh, each of us has one special award that we're doling out. And we will do that after that. Then, we're going to do five films that were critically acclaimed, but that we can't uh, bring ourselves to care about. Okay? Then, after that, we're going to do five films that we regret not having seen before we made our top ten list. And then finally, we'll close out the show with our top tens of the year. How's that sound?
1: I will forget the order, so just keep prompting me. Yeah, I will. So... And I'm assuming for each list, we're going to volley back and forth. Yeah, yeah. From bottom to top.
0: Yes. And if one of us has a film that the other one also has on their list... Should we wait until it gets to the highest point to talk about it? Just
1: do it as we go and just be like relatively brisk is fine. I think yeah. we don't have to get into a giant conversation about everything again.
0: No, well we can.
1: Because otherwise, we keep having to go. Do you have this on your list? You know, yeah. and then when we spoil it. Why
0: don't we Why don't we just talk about it when it comes up, and then the next person could say, "Oh, I, I I."
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good idea. When it first comes up, yeah. we talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Except for our number ones. How does that work? You can just talk about it at wink. Versus okay. other times when... I don't know. Whatever, yeah, it doesn't all right, matter. All right. Let's not be... We'll do it. We can
1: figure it out. We're by the fire. Yeah, we're it, drinking
0: rum. It's great. We don't need to be too um, programmatic about these things. No, it's the holidays. Yeah. It's time to be lazy. Drink a nice drink. Wait, I'm just going to take a sip. Ready?
1: Me too. <laughs> oh, fuck.
0: That's <laughs> well, pretty bad. That's <laughs> <No>, awful. <laughs> Wow. All right. Are you are you fucking ready to begin? Should we take another sip? <laughs> yeah, one one more sip just to steal our nerves, okay? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it gets worse as well because it's cooling down yeah. and it's sort of getting can, thicker you can, at the bottom.
0: You can taste it more when it's colder. <laughs> it's real gross. <laughs> Let's not prolong the uh, the torture any longer. Hugh, What was a film that when you looked back on your letterbox uh, watch? Heavy or films that you'd watched that you uh, had to pause for a moment and be like, Did I watch this? and then be like, Oh, yes, I did. What was the film that that made that sensation of um, kind of made you feel like an old man, maybe you know? Hmm. That, that feeling I of have five almost films. You. you have five that films. Qualified. Yeah, <laughs> well, I only, I only had two.
1: I mean, it is, a, it is a spectrum, so some of them are mm. more forgettable than others, but these were five that I was like, oh, yeah, I watched that sort mm. of films. Mm. So the films that this year that didn't earn a spot in my memory were... Uh-huh. Uh, the Between Two Fans movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can
0: see why that would not be memorable. <laughs> the
1: Perfect Date. I actually, I only remembered I watched <laughs> The Perfect Date because you mentioned that your roommate was watching it, so... And I was like, like, yeah, I a, little
0: did watch psycho, that. Like, a little psychopathic.
1: Um, isn't it romantic, Apostle?
0: <laughs> that was this year. Mm-hmm. Was it really? I think so. No, I think it was last year. No, think... we watched it this year. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay.
1: I thought the movie's from like two thousand eighteen. Uh, I, I was only I pop. was only
0: qualifying movies that came out in. Uh... 2019. Oh, okay. Because if I go over like all the movies i watched, I bet there's many <laughs> that qualify for this. Well, okay. Well, we can we can, we can can discount Apostle, possibly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, possibly. And the last film... I mean, this is probably the least forgettable of the films I've mentioned. Mm, but you still but I did, it. I
0: did kind of forget about it, which is always be my maybe. Mm, I did not forget about that movie. But, Hugh, I'll tell you what movie I did forget about. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, slightly embarrassing. I guess, I guess it's kind of the same quality with you and always the I But uh, I totally forgot that I had watched the movie Triple Frontier this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, now that I even think about it, I can't really recall what it's about. I can, I can kind of remember the poster, but... I, that, that's actually a good
1: choice. I kind of second that. But mm.
0: I think because I had compiled
1: other lists before this list, mm. it triggered my memory. <laughs> so, not to spoil... Uh, an not upcoming
0: easy. list. Oh, wow, wow.
1: Well, not a, to spoil my great. top ten favorite <laughs> yeah. films.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is just all... It's the top ten the favorite films of the decade, you're going to spoil two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's films that we forgot that we had watched. Mm-hmm. What's next? What's next? What's next? Uh, now we're going to do five films from t- not from 2019 that we discovered this year. Ah. Uh-huh. Films that opened new paths in our cinephilia. Films that we simply loved. I don't know. You, you choose your own criteria. Yeah, mine's a bit of a
1: mixed bag of uh, different things, but mm. we'll see.
0: Um, Since you started with the last one, do we to get over first here?
1: Please, in reverse order.
0: Oh, well, there, there's no... I didn't rank these, because they're just right, 5,000.
1: We'll just, we'll just randomly go back and forth.
0: Yeah. Well, not randomly. There's a set order to how we'll go back and forth. There's just no, no ranking. We can
1: choose which films we talk about next. Yeah. How about that?
0: I'm just going to go straight down the list as I wrote this. Okay. Mhm. Right. One big discovery for me this year uh, is a little movie called *N.W. Evangelion*, <laughs> um, which uh, maybe it's more of a rediscovery, I guess. But you know, um, I watched *Neon Genesis Evangelion* when I was a teenager. Basically, forgot it all about it. Rewatched it this year and watched *N.W. Evangelion*. and was just totally blown away by how um, shitty being, it was. Being uh, oh. an experimental and um, just beautiful this movie is, um, and film that I think about all the time, that really impacted my life in a positive way, I think, because uh, one of the films that convinced me that I should possibly start going to therapy, so there's that, uh, but but no, no, Hugh, it is shitty, you're right, uh, it's shitty <laughs> that I'm going to therapy, uh, and I'm just going to take this knife and sit my wrist right now on, on the podcast, how does that sound? <laughs> cool. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this, this film is also responsible for helping rekindle my love of anime. So, that's Into the Evangelion. What is your, what is a film that you discovered this year?
1: Uh, I'll start with The Heartbreak Kid. Hmm. The um, Ben Stiller version, obviously. <laughs> um, no, the, the 1972 Elaine May feature, her second film. And uh, she was working from a Neil Simon script as opposed to her own script, mm-hmm. like the rest of her films. Um, and I think this is a really good demonstration of why Elaine May is one of the greatest directors of comedy. Mm. Charles Grodin is sublime in the title role, as you might expect, but he is ably supported by May's own daughter, Jeannie Berlin, as well as uh, Sybil Shepherd and... Uh, Eddie Albert, a good two. It's a film I've wanted to watch uh, for years. It was difficult to find, but it's great. I it was I was really pleased to discover it at a recent Elaine May retrospective in Melbourne. What's your next film?
0: My next film is a little movie called New Rose Hotel. Uh, it's a Abel Ferrara film um, that, you know, I, I read an article about it maybe two or three years ago uh, and on the AV Club, and it intrigued me, but I still was kind of skeptical. skeptical. I kind of felt like um, Ferrara would be someone who I wouldn't particularly like. I'm not like, you know, that sort of like scummy aesthetic is not something that I gravitate towards naturally, I think. Mm -hmm. But I really love this film. Uh, It's got two really great sort of um, smacked out, druggy performances by... Christopher Walken and Willem Dafoe and Asia Argento is also in it. I feel like it really hits the particularities of Gibson's novel in a way that I don't think any other like visual film I've seen has.
1: But some audio films do a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just feel like he just finds this very particular rhythm and it's got this great like trip-hop soundtrack that really puts you in this like sort of spun-out mode uh, and
1: you know what else has a great trip hop influence soundtrack
0: uh, what the TV show Lex mm. well um... <laughs> you know other movie has a great Charles Grodin performance
1: <laughs> all the movies with Charles Grodin in them have a great Charles Grodin performance I, I don't
0: believe that, what about the Beethoven films
1: you know I grew up watching those in in cinemas uh. That is my primary association with Charles Grodin. My primal childhood association is the Beethoven movie.
0: The answer to my question was Clifford, of course. Yes, of course. The, the greatest movie ever made. But uh, I just love... You know what? I, I, I love any movie that has a capsule hotel in it. Especially one that ends with the um, Foe hanging out uh, at a capsule hotel. Just um, playing clips from the movie back. Which is... Like, basically, the last 20 minutes. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's great. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, there's something about uh, Farrar's, like, both really grimy, sort of documentary-ish aesthetics, plus, like, his, his I don't know, impulse to experiment that I find really appealing. Uh, and I really want to explore more of his movies. Cool. Um, so. Oh, this is getting so much worse. <laughs> anyway. I'm almost done with mine. I have, like, one more step. My turn, right? Yes.
1: Uh, Make Way for Tomorrow, mm. the uh, 1937 Leo McCurry film. I read an entire book about him once. Mm. So this is a surprisingly bleak melodrama, I think, about an aging couple and their, let's, let's say, less-than-selfless offspring. Mm. The film which famously inspired tokyo story but uh yes i was very impressed very impressed by it and i highly recommend it what's your next choice
0: my next choice is halloween 3 season of the witch mm. uh, i felt like i had to include a halloween film on here because i just watched a bunch of them recently but it's hard to say that halloween is like a discovery right because it's like one of those canon horror films you know
1: but this is more like discoveries for us we can be pretty yeah. flexible
0: yeah, yeah. And, you know, I went into Halloween 3 um, not really expecting that much, like I'd read some revisionist takes, but, you know, the consensus around it is kind of like a, you know, it's a departure for the series. But I really uh, just enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, It's got this, like, great, like, pulpy atmosphere that's really, um, I don't know, it feels very um, just rich with this, like, um, foreboding and... Uh, I don't know. It's just, it just it has this great cinematography by Dean Cundey, who also shot Halloween one and two, uh, and I just I don't know. There's something so appealing about it. It's such a strange film, uh, and I, I think part of the reason why is it feels so different is that it was written or at least the original story was written by the guy who wrote the Quartermass serials in Britain. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not. I've not. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> it, he wasn't. He's not credited. Like basically. They, I don't know how much of the, his script that they use, but you could definitely feel his influence in it. Because uh, it has this very sort of folk horror vibe. Mm. Um, and I just enjoyed the hell out of it. It's such a strange, like, grotesque film. But uh, I think it really works.
1: Cool. My next film... Again, this is not a discovery because it's a, a well renowned film by now, which is uh, A Touch of Zen. Mmm. Directed by King Hu. mm hmm and I think King Who, like, sort of signifies the beginning of martial arts with a capital A, <laughs> the martial art house movie, if you will. Yeah, I finished the drink. <laughs> I thought you were just reacting to my, my poor wordplay. No. So I was first introduced to King Who via Dragon Inn, and mm. perhaps I prefer Dragon Inn, even though I think A Touch of Zen is a superior film. But a,
0: a Dragon Inn's a little more concise, right?
1: Yes. Um, A Touch of Zen, though, is, is amazing, mm. and yeah, I, I I'm really looking it. forward to seeing more of his films. Good stuff.
0: Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Well, I've forgotten now, so fuck you. Is it your turn? I can't remember. Um, no, you just no, finished. You I just you did was... Halloween 3. It's your turn. All right,
1: so it's my last choice now.
0: No, then it's my turn. I have two more.
1: All right, then it's your turn. Okay. That's weird. What do you mean, weird? Oh, no, I've missed one. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> it is moron. my turn. moron. Go ahead. Um, my next choice is To Sleep With Anger, mm. the uh, Charles Burnett film from 1990.
0: A film that I forced you to watch. No, you didn't
1: force me to watch. Yeah, you,
0: I, I held you at gunpoint and said, watch this.
1: You chose it because you thought I'd like it, I believe, was the conceit, right? Yep. Right?
0: Yeah, I think so. And then you chose Taipei Story for what Yes. Which I didn't like.
1: So To Sleep With Anger is a, is a dark, note-perfect fable about mm. the African-American experience. I mean, not, not that broad, but an African-American experience, anchored by what I think is a masterful performance from Danny Glover, an actor I've previously underrated. Mm. So I was very impressed with him in this, in this film, and I really do think it's a masterpiece. Mm. What's your next choice? What's your last
0: choice? No, I have two choices. Though. Oh. My next choice is uh, Jacques Demis' Model Shop. I was
1: considering adding that to my list also.
0: But I think we've um, gone in, uh, in detail about this film, so I don't want to um, put too much. But I find its melancholy portrait of Los Angeles to be extremely compelling. Uh, and I think about that the final scene all the time. So there you mm. go. What is it's your stuff. final choice?
1: My final choice. I've saved the best for last because I believe this is the best film I watched all
0: year. Wow! Big claim. But can I can I jump in and, and guess what it is? Yes, because it's topped a previous list. <laughs> uh, I don't know what list that is. But I can't. I don't even know what we're talking about. But uh, was it a uh, Triple Frontier? <laughs> yes. Well, how did I know? Ah, he stole my thunder. I thought you weren't gonna guess. Sorry, sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. My
1: actual number one is the film Wings. Oh. Okay. which topped my list of the best films we've covered mm. in our first 50 episodes of Project A Plus on our 50th mm. episode special, right? Mm. So obviously it makes sense that it would also be the best film I watched in 2019 that wasn't from 2019. Mm. Anyway, Wings, Larissa Shpitko, 1966.
0: Uh, I deliberately did not include any films that we watched for the podcast on this list. So, What? Okay. You should have said that to me. Yeah, well, I, I, if I were doing that, I'd probably would have put Wanda on there. But doing the what my number, my final one is. I haven't
1: said anything about wings, even yeah. though I've already talked about we've it.
0: Talked about it at wing twice. Uh, yeah,
1: we've talked about it a few times. but yeah.
0: It's great. It's wings. All right, All right fine.
1: Good.
0: The my final discovery of this year is a little film called Fallen Angels, um, which is sort of the Wong um, Kar Wai's. Um, I don't know, companion film to Chugg Express. Uh, I didn't really have like super high expectations watching going into this. Just because I feel like it's often regarded as like the lesser version of Chunking Express. But on the balance, I think I prefer it to Chugging Express. I know it's kind of a heretical thing to say. But I um, really I, I forget, really, but really love this Fallen film. Fallen
1: Angels was the film he was making.
0: No, that's Ashes of when Time. When he That's Ashes of Time. Oh. Yeah, he was making Ashes of Time and it took so long that he made Fallen Angels. Or you made a uh, Chucky Express, and maybe Fallen Angels too. Okay, right. And on like a break from that movie. So, but yeah. um, Fallen Angels is kind of it's it's very similar. We were to, on a break. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that reference at all. Do you really not get that reference? No, I'm sorry. Sorry to say. Haven't yeah, watched enough Friends. I guess not. <laughs> uh, but Fallen Angels, you know, it's just a great moody. Um, long Car Y film. <laughs> you either love them or you hate them. You were on a break! But uh, much like, um, I guess, like pretty much other, every other film on this list, this has a fantastic final image. So, mm. yeah, props to that. And, like I said, love Chunky Express. think I love this a little more. So Actually, you are right. Fallen angels. I know. I Wings know does it have a
1: great final image. A Touch of Zen has a great final image. <laughs> I don't remember what the final image of To Sleep with Anger is, though. Yeah. I seen it, so I Make Ways for Tomorrow has a great final image, and I don't quite remember the. Oh, Halpera Kid does have a great final image. So I'm I'm happy to generalize over our, my entire list and say that yes, I agree. Every film has a great final image because we're very superficial. Yep. We remember what happens. You in the remember the last. Yep, that
0: and yeah, that's it. That's the only part of the movie you remember. <laughs> okay, but that's our five discoveries. So let's uh, plow on ahead, shall we? Let's get into five films that we. Went into expecting the world from, but didn't quite deliver that. How does that sound? Five disappointments. I will. I will take issue
1: with your description of this particular section. Mm. Just because my films don't quite fit the bill, I couldn't really find anything that I like. Expected the world of, and then it disappointed me. But there were so there were a bunch of films that I expected more of. Okay. Well, there, there you go. Me. There you
0: go.
1: So that's what I've got. Okay. I was hoping for more at least.
0: Well, mm. uh, do you want to you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Go for it. Fucko
1: Um, I guess I'll start with Ad Astra. Mm. I like this type of film, so I was hoping for something that was uh, a bit more up my alley. Mm. But I found this uh, pretty dull. Mm. So.
0: There you go. Yeah, too bad. What about you? My first disappointment is Claire Denis' High Life. Uh, I'm a pretty big fan of Claire Denis, and I just thought this film was pretty mm. inert and didn't have anything interesting to say. It uh, mm. has a good final image, but it's not its not like a terrible film by any means. But, but uh, that's all that matters. We've just established that. No, no, no. Um, but I just found it kind of... It was difficult to find anything really that compelling about it, to be honest. And I thought it was kind of dumb at the end, so... Alright, but not a bad film. Just nearly okay. Mm. What's the disappointment for you, Hugh? Another
1: disappointment for me was the film that we featured quite recently, Last Christmas.
0: Last Christmas. I, I mean, I guess it was a disappointment
1: out. in some ways, in the fact that it wasn't a good romantic comedy, or it didn't, it didn't sort of fit the brief of that type of film at all, mm. and wasn't, and was really stupid. But the bad parts of it, I guess, were also enjoyable, but in a different way.
0: It was still a disappointment. I think it does qualify
1: as a disappointment. It's a pretty bad... I I
0: mean, I was not disappointed by it, but you could could certainly be disappointed by it.
1: I think it probably, like, exceeded your expectations in a way.
0: (laughs) Mm, I probably enjoyed it more than I would have if it had been a straight romantic comedy. Yes, yes. um, Okay. Um, My next disappointment is a film that's been getting a lot of critical love um, and I would say it's probably the consensus choice for the very best film of the year, Hugh. Maybe that's why, in some way, that this film I thought was disappointing, disappointing which is the film we also featured fairly recently, which is Bog Jun-ho's Parasite. Mm. Um, never been the biggest Bog Jun-ho fan, but, um, you know, got my hopes up for this one, only to be burned, again, somewhat. Um, and, I, again, I didn't hate this film or think it's terrible, but thought it was a little... Ah, whatever. A little, just whatever. That's how I thought about it. And what's your next disappointment?
1: Well, I may as well second your previous choice because uh, yes, Parasite is one of mine also, mm. and uh, I agree. We'd heard such good things that we were just hoping for something more satisfying.
0: Well, I'm glad I'm glad that we're the dissenting voices on this because it always always is a little distressing when a film gets universally praised like that.
1: Hmm. What's your next
0: choice? My next choice. Is the laundromat, <laughs> which uh, this is this is another uh, a film that I'm glad that you added your little qualifier to, because it's not like I necessarily was super excited to watch this movie, but I still expected something more out of it than what I got. Um, you know, yeah, I, well, I like, it was the Soderbergh. Yeah, I like Soderbergh enough, um, and he had already released one film that I thought was pretty good this year called High Flying Bird, but I thought this film was wretched. So. That's The Laundromat. Uh, it's it just so stupid. And a little little racist, too.
1: hmm
0: My next choice is Us by um, Jordan Peele. Wow. I might as well uh, jump in right now and say that is also on my list. Sweet. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I think we both agree that Get Out, very enjoyable, well-crafted film. Yeah. Um, Us, slightly enjoyable, not that well-crafted film. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I feel like, yeah, I, I read something that was like, oh, it does feel like he's, he's really straining for that perfect metaphor, uh, as he, you know, mixture of this, like, perfect visual and, and thematic, like, jot that he got with the, uh, the second place and Get Out. Uh, he just sort of flailed and delivered a movie. I did not find that satisfying. Though it does have a pretty good Tim Heidecker performance, so I'll give it that. But not, not, not that good on the balance.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a bad film, but no. I think I thought it was messy and a bit unfocused. I don't, I
0: don't think any of the films on my list besides The Laundromat are bad films. Uh, no, that's, that's not really what the disappointments are. There's films that are just sort of bad, and I probably wouldn't have included The Laundromat if I had another one of those, but I did. So, mm. um, okay, uh, shall I reveal my final one? Yes, please. All right, my final one is Bygones, Long Day's Journey into Night, um, which just felt like a sort of Art house bestie-ish. Um and I don't know. I was pretty excited for it. I like this sort of like um, you know noirish film, and you know I read really positive things about this, but found it to be kind of pretentious and overly uh, indebted to its you know to David Lynch and Andre Uh mm. and and not and it did not synthesize these interests in an interesting way. So found it to be sort of tedious and. I don't know, like, he he repeats the scene from Stalker with the the glass, just verbatim. And I was like, why don't I just fucking watch Stalker if that's the case, my friend? Yeah. Nice. But not, not, it doesn't have the same, like, inflection, but it's not like, oh, psychic powers. It's like, you know, a glass getting knocked over because of a train. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) So there you go. All right,
1: my final disappointment is Rolling Thunder. A Bob Dylan story. Oh. <laughs> if that was the subtitle.
0: Mm, yes, I believe. No, it was like a. It had some stupid subtitle. Something like that. But this was, um,
1: you know, this was, Scorsese assembling offcuts from, Ronaldo and Clara. Your favorite which, movie of all time. Which Dylan made in the in the late seventies, and which is like a, a four-hour disaster. Which I do have a fondness for, mm. and I do think it is uh, infinitely superior to this film.
0: The the four full title of this movie is Rolling Thunder Review, a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese. So.
1: Okay. I didn't even bother writing the <laughs> title,
0: clearly.
1: I just Rolling Thunder. Um, yeah, I yes, did not enjoy this right. film either. But some of the performances are good. I was predisposed to like this. And yeah, I agree. There are there are a handful of, of really good performances not, that they found. Not, not good performances by actors, but no, no, Bob no, Dylan no. performances. <laughs> The musical performances and the Joni Mitchell and performances. I don't even, I though, don't even I really like really Bob Dylan, and I still thought some of his mm.
0: performances were compelling, so. Yeah, yeah,
1: there was some, there was some good, good footage there, but that you know amounts to like 15, 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes out of, of uh, over two hours. It was, it
0: was two hours and twenty-two minutes, so you know. Yeah, basically in with
1: especially the the fake like attempt to play into like Dylan's elusive, mm. you know, uh, impish media persona by. Inventing these figures to do fake interviews. Yeah,
0: pretty, pretty dope. About. Pretty dope. Pretty bad. <laughs> Disappointing.
1: I was. I mean, I was again. I wasn't expecting that much, given that I was somewhat disappointed with uh, with the other Scorsese Bob Dylan documentary, mm. um, No Direction Home.
0: Well, I haven't seen it, and I'm not going to. So,
1: but uh, this was a lot worse than than even that. So. Mm.
0: There you go. I don't think I've seen any of his documentaries. Not really, oh, I guess the the movie documentaries he made, but those are really. His nice. own documentaries about, like, yeah, his
1: appreciation for cinema are Those like, are great. Great. Yeah. But his other documentaries are usually pretty dull. Yeah, the music yeah. documentaries are pretty dull. I've heard
0: good things about, like, uh, Italian American, but. And The Last Walls, apparently. But I don't care about that.
1: Are we, like, drinking more
0: than, like, this disgusting drink? I mean, we, we can. That's up to you. You have to make your own decisions about your life. It's still, like, the middle of the day for you, right, so... And it's hot, so I should definitely drink more rum. But I wasn't going to do it if you weren't doing it, that's all. I mean, I, I I will drink more if you drink more.
1: Wow. You're putting it on the older person's shoulders. Yeah, exactly. So I'm corrupting you. Yeah. Like, I'll drink a bit more. What is your other drink? What are you going to drink? It's a, it's a ginger cider. Well, I'm going to... I have to do something with the rum. I'm not going to make it hot. I don't know mm. what to do with it, but...
0: Okay. Well, I'm gonna get my cider now. You gotta take All right, a. I'll get some. Room. Brief break. Jesus, took you long enough. Well, I had to make a drink. What did you
1: make? So, I, I obviously want to use up all this disgusting rum, so I made like a, a screwdriver, but with rum.
0: Ew. <laughs> this does not sound good. Let's see what it tastes like.
1: <clears throat> it's
0: okay. Yeah, it's fine. I have, I have a cider. That's what I'm drinking. Nice. Okay.
1: Ooh, this fire is very cozy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, warm yourself up, buddy. Okay, um... Should I get back into it? Let's do it. All right, let's uh, get started with our our least favorite films of the year. Our, is that what we're up to? Wow. Yeah, we're we're fucking blowing through these. Our bottom ten films.
1: Hmm. So my my tenth worst film that I watched from two thousand nineteen mm. was is is was and was. Uh-huh. Dan Gilroy's Velvet Buzzsaw, which we featured on the show, not a good film. Not a good film. But there are nine other films worse than it, in my mm. opinion. So has that going for it, you know? Yeah. I mean, from this year. Yep. It's obviously a lot, a lot more films worse than it uh, <laughs> overall time. Uh, but anyway, Velvet Buzzsaw. Bad, bad movie. Goofy misfire
0: satire Netflix garbage. Next. <laughs> My number 10 film uh, shares something in common with ah, your delicious. film. And also, I think, eight other of the films on my list. Maybe more than that. Maybe fewer. I
1: have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six from the Netflix stable.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, seven. Same. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and my other... No, sorry. I have seven, too, actually. Maybe they're the same Seven. Seventy percent Netflix trash. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think so. So now that you liked at least one of the films on here, that is. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't. You don't know what it is. I'm sure that you have a film that I liked on your bottom list too. Definitely not. My number ten is uh, the uh, Adam Sandler starring, boring bad movie called Murder Mystery. <laughs> what? That was fun. We both liked that. <laughs> no. It's murder it mystery. Better than that knives out, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm actually taking my knives out for murder mystery, which just it was just so boring and lazy. Yeah. It was and fun. I, I mean, it wasn't it was, fun, but it was like it okay. Was <laughs> <laughs> it was like okay. Look, you know what? There, were, uh, I, I had nine films on this list that I really didn't like, and then the tenth spot was really hard for me to fill because there's a bunch okay, of films that I, thought, I felt nothing. Fair enough. And I was like, okay, you know what? Murder mystery. I don't like you, so you're number ten. Yeah. Not a good film. Sort of similar with me in Velvet Buzzsaw. I I initially had Always be my baby as this. But, oh wow! And I was like, eh, I guess I didn't hate that as much as yeah. I hated Murder Mystery. So Murder Mystery number ten. Fair enough. <laughs> What's your number nine, my my Brian? My number nine, and this is this is possibly a
1: candidate for film. I forgot I watched, but I it's come <laughs> up a few times mm. uh, since that I that I uh-huh. you know that it's escaped that fate. It's the film I Am Mother. <laughs> Bad film. Which is just, you know, it's competent, but it's it's very forgettable and unexceptional Netflix mm. original sci-fi
0: garbage. Well, wow. a, a lot of this adjective could be applied to my number nine, mm mm-hmm. which is Amy Poehler's non-movie Wine Country. Mm. Movie that feels like it doesn't exist. That nearly made not, my list. Not funny, <laughs> boring, just a... a a film where you just watch rich people be rich. That's the entirety of it. Rich kind of rich. And I disliked it. Had a little bit of the woke stream, I think. And mm-hmm. it was bad. That's number nine. Amy Poehler's <laughs> Wine, Wine Country. What's your number nine?
1: Or eight. My number eight is a film we've already
0: mentioned. Triple Frontier. What? No way. A film that I forgot that I've watched.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, like I Am Mother, um, it's not exactly a memorable experience. <laughs> and like I Am Mother, it's Netflix's original garbage. Mm. So,
0: there we go. Well, Are you, are you ready time. for another Netflix original film that was already mentioned on this podcast? mm mm-hmm. Because my number eight is the very recently mentioned Velvet Buzzsaw. Wow. Which is no good. This drink is delicious. <laughs> you mean the thing that just tastes like orange juice?
1: But it's like it's got this weird um I don't know what it is. It doesn't have that much orange juice in it. It's mostly rum. Mm. But it actually makes the rum more palatable. Well there you go. You made a good drink accidentally. But it's possibly because the oranges aren't that ripe or something, they're quite tart mm. and and acidic, so that does not it us. It's quite nice. All right. Uh, is it my turn? It is your turn. What's your number seven? My number seven is Once Upon a Time
0: in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we be talk about that at, at some other point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when we get to your number one worst film, sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> which, uh, just like like Triple Frontier and I Am Mother, a Netflix garbage and Velvet Velvet <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is QT garbage. Mm. Enough said. It was cutie?
0: I don't understand. Bit of a cutie. Okay. Well, my number seven is yet another Netflix film that we've already talked about on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, It is The Laundromat. Steven Soderbergh's bad movie that was garbage that I hated. It's a surprise. (laughs) Really? Why? Because my number seven is The Laundromat. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Well, you we might have to say number six, too, but I feel, like, I feel like I hated this film a little less than you did the next the next movie, but mm. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is. It also might be the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, let's say it simultaneously, then, and see if it's okay. the same. Three Number six. Three, one In the Shadow the of the Moon. The Dirt. Oh, no. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? You, you disliked In the Shadow of the Moon way more than I did, so... Mm-hmm. I, it's not even on my list. I'm going to spoil that for you right now. But, yeah, that movie's not not good. What, what
1: what what didn't you like about it? Well, it's not so much what didn't I like about it, but <laughs> there wasn't
0: anything too, like, about <laughs> the experience, and it just... I, it, I kind of enjoyed the first, you know, hour... Not an hour. First, like, 20 minutes.
1: The bizarre sort of, like, apologia for, you know... Police shooting probably. black people <laughs> yeah.
0: Plot, a little sci-fi weird. plot <laughs> But, really but also, them trying to be woke too By saying, like, we would definitely Kill Hitler, you know Yeah, yeah So, very odd it's odd. not a good movie but I kind of enjoyed the first, I don't know When people were, like, fucking Bloods pushed out of their faces I enjoyed that hmm. Anyway, so you had the dirt You had the yes. dirt here The Motley Crew biopic, which, um you know what? There are some moments of gross out stuff that I enjoyed in this, but it would have been better if it was like way grosser, I think. And it was mostly just boring. Mm. I do remember that one scene that I thought was really funny where uh, the main character, whose name I've forgotten. And I, I never really listened to Molly here. It was like, "I fe- there's a new woman in my life and her name was heroin." I thought that was really funny. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, just a boring bad movie about a bunch of unlikable pieces of shit. Um, who don't even take, who who remove the pleasure of calling the piece of shit because they know they're pieces of shit. Mm. So, you know. <clears throat> so I only had a vague
1: knowledge of Motley Crue's music growing up. I did know some of the songs, but no, I wasn't intimately familiar with them. But now I associate their entire musical output to the little song that you made for the introduction of the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I take that as my uh, the highest high of my uh, brief songwriting career, which was just like incoherent sort of samples of girls, 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 and something else, and it just, it just sounded fitting no, no. for like the whole musical all, career.
0: All, 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 I, all I sampled was girls, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I just like basically just shuffled around random parts of the guitar, it, yeah, it
1: just and... had that stomping sort of guitar <laughs> groove, and then it would cut arbitrarily to
0: girls, girls, girls.
1: And it just seemed right. Like, it basically sums up their entire musical output. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I was able to so, <laughs> do that. So at least we got that out of the experience. So my number six is the dirt. <laughs> what? Wait, your number six is the dirt? No, whatever number we're up to. Five. <laughs> which is number four.
0: <laughs> number five, right?
1: It's number four for me. What's your number five? In the Shadow of the Moon is my number five. What's your number six? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight,
0: nine. Ten. Yeah, I've got ten. So, well, well, you skipped one
1: then. No, no, no. Velvet Buzzsaw, Iron Mother, Triple Frontier, Once More Time in Hollywood, The Laundromat. We have the same.
0: Yeah. And then, and then in the shadow of the moon. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Dirt. Gotcha. Okay.
1: So the dirt is number four for me. What is number four for you? Number five. I have nothing to me add me. about the dirt.
0: <laughs> me number five, right? I don't know. Whatever it is for you. Number the dirt is number six for me. The dirt number is number five, four for me. What's your number five then?
1: In the shadow of the moon. Okay.
0: I don't know what happened here.
1: Wait, list, list them off again. Velvet Buzzsaw. Okay. Iron Mother. Triple <laughs> okay. Frontier. Hollywood. Okay. Laundromat. Moon. Dirt.
0: So your your laundromat is your number six then.
1: Yes. Okay. But I guess I it know. came like at the same point that you announced. Yeah. it Then yeah. my next go was That's, that's why I'm announced. confused. Well, yeah. I guess I'll tell you my number five now. No, you're right. That's my fault because I said it was my number seven.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's my anyway, fault we're not paying attention. This more, is too. why this
1: episode is great because it's relaxed and chill. We're drinking you getting drunk.
0: <laughs> I'm drinking rum. Um, <laughs> my number five is Jim Jarmusch's uh, quote-unquote comedy, uh, "The Dead Don't Die." It's just, just <laughs> I fucking I don't want to say that now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does have one of the great, like, all-time terrible monologues at the end by Tom Waits. But it's just so bad. I just... Uh, There's, like, nothing to recommend doing about it, to be honest. And it just felt like this, like, shitty, like, boomer fantasy, too. Like it's just, like, a very, like, liberal, you know, like, Oh, the... 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 mid ill children of color will save the day at the end. And, uh... Uh, I just thought it was, um, I thought it was really bad, and not funny at all, and, uh... I will say that,
1: like, watching Patterson made uh-huh. me appreciate, like, latter-day Jim Jarmusch in a different way, where I'm <laughs> almost laughing at him, but almost kind <laughs> oh, of, like, sympathetic one. towards him at the same time as well, so...
0: That's the, that's the only way to put buy which I thought was terrible, and also mm. has a little bit of weird racism stuff in it, too, so... Mm. Um, and also it a great, I mean, I just want to, this movie features a scene where Tom Waits complains about the kids and their Game Boys, which is, which is great. Maybe he didn't say Game you know, maybe he just says Nintendos, which is even better. But, uh, really bad. Uh, I hated it. What's your number four? My number four, no, no, my number three. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, what's your number four then? The dad. Okay, so then my number four, <laughs> which I did do before you do number three. What right. the fuck is going on? I don't know. That's why <laughs> I'm so confused. Go. Just go. You're number four. My number four is... Uh, yesterday. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, my shovel <jumbled>. seems. <laughs> hey, I was totally cordial when you said Once Upon a, a Time of Hollywood is your number eight. So, fuck you. Yeah, but yesterday's like an infinitely better <laughs> film than Once Upon <laughs> a Time of Hollywood. Yeah, maybe if you're brain damage. <laughs> well a may... from rum. Was was torture. Um, I don't have anything else to say about it. We recorded a whole episode about how much I hated it. it I'm just, holding it my middle finger with both hands courage. towards the mic. <laughs> and uh, I love that it. it does have one. I will, get, I will grant it as one incredibly hilarious moment.
1: Then you got to take it out of the list. You've already no, granted it too much.
0: No, no. I grant that it has one hilarious moment. The rest of it is torture. Which is the great uh, Robert Carlyle cameo, Jonathan. <laughs> That's <laughs> worth taking it out of your bottom. I'll give you a chance. No. I'm giving you a chance to redeem no. yourself right now. <laughs> no. Take it out. You want me to put it higher? <laughs> no. <laughs> put it in your top 10. Okay, number one. Yes, No, fuck you. <laughs> All right, uh, what's, your number, All right fine. what's your number three? Number four. My number three is Polar. Mmm. <laughs> it's a shitty movie. You know what, Hugh? I'm gonna make a prediction right now. I think we have the same number one. I think we do too. But I I don't know. i just i just my my mental is you know conjuring these images. But this is a twist.
1: Surprisingly, my top two, the top two mm. films of my bottom ten films of mm. 2019, neither were associated with Netflix.
0: Hmm. What what are mine was? What are mine? Okay. So. Um, so polar polar, polar? is that Bad. Mads Mikkelsen. Garbage, Netflix garbage,
1: Netflix garbage, Netflix garbage, Netflix garbage.
0: (laughs) Okay. If you were angry about my number four, you'll be even more angry about my number three, which is Brie Larson's Twee Nightmare (laughs) Unicorn Store. You put yesterday and the Unicorn Store in in your bottom five. I will be fucking
1: mad
0: at you. Come at me, you you short motherfucker. You short old motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, uh, unicorn Cert is trash uh, It's racist And I hated it um, It's not racist <laughs> It's really <laughs> not racist No, shut up uh, it, it relies on racist stereotypes
1: It does not rely on racist <laughs> stereotypes
0: And that's all I'll say about it Is that it's a, a torturous film
1: You seeing them as racist stereotypes An example yeah, I'm, of your I'm, I'm, the
0: real, I'm the real racist
1: You're the real racist Yes, moving on
0: I'm <laughs> the real okay, My number, number two, two, my uh-huh. number
1: two in the bottom ten films of 2019, according to <laughs> uh-huh. me, uh-huh. Avengers: Endgame.
0: <laughs> wow. If we if we were talking about movies that I have, that I think have a negative impact on culture, maybe you would agree with you, but I don't agree with you. So I consider this
1: continuing. offensive, redundant, corporate trash.
0: Mm. What is your number two? My number two is a film that you just talked about, which is <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen's Poor. <laughs> which is just, just the fucking worst. It's so bad. I kind of like it now. now we're <laughs> thinking about it, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going over the the pictures of uh, that I took of uh him getting the DVD out of the uh out of the machine. So, you know. And like him reading the books about his pets and stuff, <laughs> so, you know. So bad, so dumb, and then burying all the pets. Oh, my God, what an awful <laughs> movie. Right, Maybe it is a great film. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, let's, 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 get on with, let's get on with this. But, you know, I think our number one is the same, and it's the only film that I watched this year that I legitimately considered to be morally repugnant. Yes, I would
1: describe it as I described Avengers <laughs> Endgame. Which, funnily enough, is owned by the same company
0: <laughs> yeah, as offensive, what? redundant, corporate trash. Uh, this film, I feel like, uh, is is just endemic of so many terrible trends in movie making these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's terrible on its own terms, and it's racist. And what film was that, Hugh? It's called The Lady, Lady and, and the Tramp. The, <laughs> tramp. Yes. the worst movie of 2019. Our consensus
1: choice. Are we going to make a consensus yeah. bottom 10 as well? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we should definitely do that. But we'll, we'll do that after we we finish with the list, right? We'll no, do no, let's the... let's
0: just do it right now. Let's just do it right now. All right, we'll do it right now. Fine, fine. I'm pumped. Just, just, just put. Um, <laughs> you're high. I'm high. Put, I'm wrong. Put, put, yeah. Put numerical values, you know, in descending order. Yeah, or ten gets 10, cetera, or no, gets ten, et cetera. 1 gets ten, et cetera. gets ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I misspoke. All right, let's do it.
1: You can compile it. Because you sound more cogent than I
0: do. <laughs> so. Do I? Well, send me the numbers. I will. <sniffs> it has what I.
1: It has my description of the films in brackets. Like, god. After oh the, my god.
0: I <laughs> Here you go. How embarrassing. I, I just didn't run right off the dome because it's supposed to be relaxed, You. I know, I know. The main. Th- I, You're I really not fucking mean to knows. do
1: this. But I did this because I didn't want to forget the director's names and the years for some of the lists you could just you could just, not,
0: you could just not remember no the
1: main reason the main reason I even did that was I was thinking about myself in the future editing the podcast cutting out the, the gap of silence and the mouse clicks where I look up the director and whatever so
0: that's the only reason I did you could it. Just, you could just you could just remember off the, the top of your dome like I did I, I don't have that good of a memory anymore. Well, you should you should fucking grow one. Let's see. Mmm,
1: and this fucking orange juice rum is amazing. <laughs> so good. Okay, let's see.
0: All right, are you ready for our combined list? Yes, we're all ready. <laughs> this is this is this is gonna be a great list because there are multiple ties just based on how we've done this, right? <laughs> And I have a sneaky suspicion that one film will appear on our uh, aggregated top ten and uh, our aggregated bottom ten. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, but our number <laughs> so our number ten and our the, number the nine is the official Project A plus yes. number ten. Yes, is is it twenty nineteen? Is it's a tie? It's a tie. It's a tie. with four points both is Dan Gilgaroy's Abominable Velvet Bustle mm. and Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it made the combined list. Our, uh, so it's the our consensus
1: 10th number... worst film of 2019. Fair enough.
0: 10th <laughs> or none. This Either. is the definitive list, so
1: now you're going back now.
0: Uh I, I, I think it's abusing more than anything. But anyway, so our number 8 or slash 7, another tie, is... Number 8? What about number 9? I told you it was a tie.
1: I'm not, ah, not going to do... including them was like 10 and 9. Okay, yeah. gotcha.
0: I'm not going to do more than 10 films. That, that, right, that's, right. that's not right. fair. Uh, our next two would be The Dead Don't Die and In the Shadow of the Moon, which got each got 6 points. I guess so it would be 11 and 10.
1: So that's 8 and 7.
0: Yeah, I guess it's eleven and ten because there are eleven films on this. But if we want to be fair and uh, do we want to be fair? Yeah, and and have point values be the determining thing that that makes this our combined list. Then uh, as long as as long as I can have <laughs>
1: another okay, glass well, of this delicious iron uh, rum after we finish
0: this list. No, you can't. You can't have any more. Um, what? No. <laughs> The next film, which is number... Uh, I guess so. This would be number seven. Is Yesterday with seven points. Well Fuck. And then... Uh, at number... Seven, I think. No, number six. Is Unicorn Sword with eight points. I'm going to change my top <laughs> ten quickly. <laughs> no, two eight, two eight, bro. <laughs> uh, and then... Um, for number five and number four, there's another tie, which is Avengers In Game with nine points, mm-hmm. and the Laundromat, Bat, which also got nine points. And then number three is the Dirt with twelve points. Number two is Polar with seventeen points, and Lady of the Tramp is number one with a bullet with twenty points. Fair yeah. enough. Great. Um, all right. So, so my um, number, my number
1: one and my number ten <laughs> were vindicated by the combined list,
0: which means. I am vindicated, <laughs> and I'm just happy that Unicorn Sword in yesterday got a way. Tar- <laughs> <laughs> can I replenish my drink?
1: Wait, what, what are we doing next? Before the top ten, can I replenish my drink? <laughs> yes, before the top ten. Okay, good. So what's well, next?
0: Let's let's do let's do two more categories, and then I have to go to the bathroom. So yeah, that would be a good so chance. Next is we're gonna give out our special award, mm. our um, the award that we invented on our own. We're gonna give out uh, like kind of like an honorary Oscar. So, what what is the name of our awards? Do you think? What, is, what, should, what should we call them? The chance.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll go with that. The chance. <laughs> all right. So, what's what's your honorary chan this year? I mean, it does sound racist, but <laughs> it does. But like, it's. It is quite specific to our podcast, so it's it's yeah, the, yeah. it's not really racist, but it sounds racist. It's,
0: it's it's racist. It's not racist in context. Maybe racist out of context. Yes, yes. I do love Jackie Chan. I know,
1: me too. Despite his uh, CPC allegiances, but anyway, that makes you even more. Is, um, is it my category first or your category first?
0: Um, it's yours point. first. I, 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 my first. Okay, so my, uh, you know, this is uh, something I've been a lot of thought about over the year. Um, which is the state of chadness in America. And, you know, I just wanted to give a special chan to the man who best exemplified being a chad in cinema this year, which was Mr. Brad Pitt. Mm. <laughs> and I saw that both of his major performances this year, he was super chatty in. So, there you go. Biggest chad, Brad Pitt. Now, please come uh, email me, Rad and I'll send you my the Chan award in person. So okay, great. What is your what is your special Chan for twenty nineteen? My special Chan is uh
1: for the best movie directed by Captain Marvel.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to uh, disqualify your award here yo. <laughs> No, I'm sorry We had complete carte blanche
1: to select our own special channel well, but I was
0: going to put out a flaw in your logic Which is that uh, Captain Marvel uh, is a comic character I, I, uh, I don't want to hear it, is... hear
1: it. <laughs> Wait, Please, please The best movie directed by the fictional Marvel property character Captain Marvel Is <laughs> okay. Brie Larson's Unicorn Store <laughs>
0: Uh, which I believe is our number, um, uh, ooh, let's see. Ooh, it's pretty high on our bottom list. So, ooh, not really saying too much.
1: But that's all thanks to you. So, Brie, <laughs> it's it's on Hunter, it's not on you.
0: Because obviously okay. you're listening. <laughs> Brie and Brad, please call us and, um, you know, get your awards. We'd love to give them to you.
1: We'll give them right. to you
0: live on the podcast. That's the deal. So, so uh, for our last category before we take a little break, we're going to do five films that were critically acclaimed that we didn't see because we don't give a shit. That's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I should, or you should start because I just did the our special award. Um, in no particular order, I'll start with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm. Hugh, uh, do you know what's funny about that? Hmm. Is that that is also on my list? I think. Wait, let me. I hit something. in. Yep, that's that's another film. That's a film on my list too, which I don't care about.
1: Partly this is because I'm Australian and I have no prior mm. association with its subject matter. I even forgot his name just now. Is the Captain Charlie? <laughs> Mister Rogers. <laughs> Mister Rogers. Captain
0: <laughs> that, <that's> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Rogers, yes. I so I have no prior goodwill towards the subject matter of this mm. film. It also looks not interesting
0: to me, so there you go. Yeah. I, I must agree with you. Um on Did you have any
1: prior association with Mr. Rogers at all? Uh
0: I, I don't I'm not sure if I watched his T V series, so But you're aware of any, his like, existence prior to Yeah, this I was film. I was aware of his existence, but I'm not I'm not sure I had any like, you know I have no nostalgia for him, so I don't really care that much about it. I think but I only found person. out
1: about him because not only this film, but the documentary, documentary that came out earlier. He
0: died. He died not that long ago, so I don't remember his death, but I remember the documentary. And then this <laughs> you film. Used to remember his after lives in cinema. Yes, it was, it's it's a shame that I care so little about this movie, which is maybe something we'll return to later on this list because I really did enjoy the film, the last film that the, the director of it made, which was uh, "Can You Ever Forgive Me." Um, Quite a, quite a good film. I think it maybe even made my top ten list last I really do I think know. it might have. I remember you mentioning it. Um, but it's a very good film. Uh, and it's a shame I don't care more about this one. Which segues perfectly into uh, my first choice. My first non-you choice for this. Which is Greta Gerwig's second film, Little Women. Mm. Um, which, you know what, Hugh? Uh, Lady Bird is a great movie. I think we can agree on that. I agree. Uh, and I just can't be bothered to care about the fucking I don't know seventeenth adaptation of Little Women. I just just don't care. I just don't care. I'm just fucking sick of costume dramas in general. And I don't. I, I, the trailers seemed fine, but why why would I fucking bother to go see this movie? That's my question. I just wanted to get back to making original films. So there you go. Um, my next film is Midsummer. Mm, guess what, Hugh? Mm-hmm. That's also on my list. Sweet. Let's talk about. Don't don't care. But you at least saw not like,
1: Hereditary, and I did not.
0: Yeah, I did. I I was indifferent to Hereditary, and Midsummer just so really bad. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to watch it. It's like the type of film, the type of film that like you know people who are big into film on Twitter liked. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just I just don't care. There's something about like the you know oh perfect composition imagery that I just find so repulsive now and I just don't care. Agreed. Uh
1: is it your turn or my turn, given that we both said Midsummer?
0: No, I think I think it's your turn.
1: Okay, well this is a film that I know won't be on your list because you've seen it. And that film is The Lighthouse. I have one of those on my list.
0: Hmm. Yeah, the Lighthouse not interesting. Didn't interest me
1: and uh, you know, to some degree, your review of it affirmed my
0: suspicions. So mm. there you go. Well, do you want to hear my version of what you just said? Mm. It's Marriage Story. Mm. Don't care. Yeah, that's it. That's never really <laughs> care that much about Paul. Back. I do kind of want to see Francis Haw, but that's maybe Mistress America. But that's the only. There's the only two I care about. Yeah, I like uh, Francis Ha. Is, is is worth watching? I think. But uh, I just never have cared about Noah Baumbach, and that's that. I like De Palma. That's the one exception. But his
1: film about De Palma.
0: Yeah. But that's not because of him, it's because I really like Brian De Palma. Hmm. Um, I mean I guess it is it is him to some extent. I don't want to discount his artistry of the the film. Like the you know, the way he chooses to make that film makes it good. But yeah, I just I just I just don't find I, it just seems like a, a less... Interesting version of, like, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't really care that much about these rich people, I guess. <laughs> Full stop.
1: I don't want to necessarily, like, make an obvious equation between, like, Noah Bumbuck and Alex Ross Perry, but it does mm, seem but to a, me, like, Alex
0: Ross Perry is way better.
1: <laughs> Alex Ross Perry, like, is more sort of savage he's in so the way much, that he portrays Yeah, he's so much it.
0: more caustic. Like, compare, like, Listen Up, Fill Up, or, like, uh The Color Wheel to anything that, uh, no, *Albomac* is done. Mm. Those films are fucking like brutal. Mm. Man, *Listen to Philip* so good. I should rewatch that. What's your final film that you don't give a shit about? I've got you. two more. What? How? I don't I've understand what happened. I, I only have one
1: more. <laughs> *A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood*, *Midsummer*, *The uh, Lighthouse*. They're my first three. Two more.
0: Okay. Well, okay, go go for it then. What's what's your second to last one?
1: Um, my next one is uh, Gaspar Noé's Climax. Mm, guess what, Hugh? Mm-hmm.
0: That's my final one. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I I must agree. The, I mean Gaspar Noé just seems like such a repulsive human being. Yeah, his films don't seem interesting. In the nope. slightest. Uh, I think I th- I will I must give him credit. I do like the credit sequence to Into the Void. Um, mm-hmm. But aside from that, don't care. That's it. I can kind of respect
1: why people like Climax, but it doesn't make me want to see it at all. Like, it's no, like. Me neither. Right, fair enough.
0: Right, yeah, well, I guess that leaves just one more film. It leaves one more film. Mm. This
1: might be a bit contentious, but. Mmm. Wow. I was uh, fumbling for options, honestly, so I put. <laughs>
0: Well, I had, I had a wealth of options. I even uh, erased another film to make way for climax.
1: I was, no, I was stretching a bit to get to five. And my fifth choice
0: is A Hidden Life by Terrence Malick. Mm, I, that is maybe uh, could a good feature on a different list of mine. We'll see. But I, I
1: would probably like be okay with watching it. Certainly more than you the know, you know, previous one I listed. Terrence Malick film fan. There does seem to be a bit of a disconnect between the subject matter and his technique and i would even i would kind of prefer him because he's obviously all in on his his latter-day style i'd kind of prefer him in more mm. of a elliptical mode exploring something that doesn't have so much that doesn't require so much um conventional weight behind it i don't know what that mm. means moving on
0: <laughs> all right well uh, i guess you had to go get more alcohol remember we're going to record another bonus episode after this so pace yourself bud well this isn't that much we're yeah, just okay. trying to get through this stupid wrong Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I'll be let's back, back the in
1: uh, Alright, let's go uh-huh. We'll be back in a couple of minutes
0: Let's fucking get on with this this shit show, shall we? What's the next uh I don't know, you tell me. List. It's five movies we wish we had watched in time for this special Yes. For our topic. Five hits.
1: movies we may have liked enough mm. to include on one of our more prestigious but, lists.
0: Alas, we did not. We fucking did not. We did not. Uh I, you know what I'm gonna start. Fuck you. Okay. And I'm gonna start with the film that was on your I don't give a shit list. Are you ready?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was my boy Terry's Ma- Terry Malik's uh, I assume wonderful film, A Hidden Life. Mm. Uh, which uh, fuck you, it looks great. <laughs> i s I'll Terrence have watch it
1: to be honest, I don't know why I included it on my
0: <laughs> That's right, you piece of shit. <laughs> but fuck it was you. probably
1: it was the only fifth film I could think of, so fair enough. If I had to choose five, it's the fifth.
0: All right, I cut one off. <laughs> Why don't you just choose one of the other films that you didn't see that or you're not interested in? I'm fulfilling in. the brief. <laughs> like, like, The Souvenir or, <laughs> or, um,
1: <clears throat> You know what I was almost or- going to put on there was Transit. Uh-huh. And then I was like, mm. oh no, that's the film by the guy who did Phoenix, and I liked Phoenix, so I'd probably like that, so <laughs> I took it
0: off. <laughs> and I remember you said it was good as well, so... Anyway, what's, what's, a, what's a film that you regret not having been able to watch before compiling your list?
1: This is one you specifically told me to watch because I had access to it, but I still didn't watch it, <laughs> which is Ash is the Purest White. Mm. Well,
0: maybe we'll talk about that later. A film you watched and liked, right? No, 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 no! I'm not gonna uh, uh, register. I mean, you by. liked
1: it on a previous episode of this podcast, so it's not yes. a spoiler. Yes. Yes. So yeah. All right, moving on. What's one okay. film that you didn't watch but maybe should have?
0: Uh, I'm gonna give one of two films that actually you saw and recommended that I watch, which is an elephant sitting still. Hmm. Which is uh, another case of. Having access to it, but not watching it, which is I have it on a hard drive and I could just watch it anytime, but I haven't. I'm sure I would like it. Sounds really up my alley, but I haven't watched it. So. In your defense, it is four hours long. <laughs> so, all right. What's another film? What's another film that you regret not watching? A uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm, a film that was in between my regrets and don't give a shits. I, I wasn't entirely sure
1: about this, but I watched the trailer before the last film I saw at the cinema. I can't remember what that was, possibly last Christmas or some shit. <laughs> but, but it looked good from the trailer, so that's a film that I could possibly have uh, put in my top ten if I watched it, but didn't. Mm.
0: I can't say that I it, it really inspired much passion in me, one way or the other. Um. Alright, uh, another one for me is another film that you've seen, which is Varda by Agnes. Mm. You know, I love Agnes Varda, and I wish I had been able to see this movie before I made this list. Verna? What is yours? My next my next
1: choice is Burning, because I think it was mm. officially released in Oz in 2019. <laughs> yeah. I saw that film... Last year, at some and point. I, I definitely meant to see it, but I just never did. It was, it was definitely <laughs> so, on my list for last year. So there we go.
0: What's okay. your next film? My next film is Abel Ferrara's Pasolini. Mm. Which sounded interesting. I've come to really love Abel Ferrara, and I would like to watch this movie. So, But I didn't, because it only came movie? out weekly. Pasolini. No, I know in the title... Mm. what is it it's about it's about, it's about Pasolini the, the acclaimed director. film director it's about his last day of being alive where mm, he got fucking snuffed uh, it's got Willem Dafoe as Pasolini really and yep and it definitely sounded interesting to me but mm. and it's been on the shelf for like five years or something like that wow yep it was supposed to come out in 2014 but it was not released until this year. So, Well, my next film is
1: a film that was on your list of five disappointments. Mm. And that is Interesting. the film High Life. Uh. Which I mm. was very keen so,
0: on watching. So my, my mixed response was not enough to put you off of it. No, I was still keen on watching it. Mm. And maybe you would appreciate it more than I did. But anyway, there it is. What's your next film? My next and final film is actually a film I'm going to be seeing on Thursday. Which is The Safdie Brothers' Uncut Gems. Mmm. Which just seems like it's right up my alley. I like a good, serious Adam Sandler performance. He looks like a real scumbag. And uh, the chairs like, look really good. So I do want to say see that see also. That could have like made my Thursday. list and probably should have made my list. But... Going to see it on Thursday. Two days from now. What's your final... And our combined final, regret you. The final film on my list is
1: Her Smell by Alex Ross Perry. A film you liked, right? Uh, yes. And I liked Listen Up, Philip, which is the only other film I've seen of Alex Ross Perry's. Mm, You should watch The Color Wheel. And, uh, yes, I do want to watch The Color Wheel. That might be my
0: favourite of his, actually. But Listen Up, Philip is also great.
1: So that's our disappointments. No, it's not our disappointments. It's our films that we wanted to watch but didn't watch.
0: Yes, our regrets. And now, now on to the main course of the night, which is our top ten films of 2019. Wow! I know. I can't believe you're already there. Cheers. All right, Hugh. Che- cheers. I don't have anything to drink, so <laughs> let's let's get started. Let's let's c- things off with your number ten. Make sure you put a point value next to this so that we can. The our agglomerated list quite quickly. Well, this is a.
1: Well, obviously, it's one point, right? Yeah. So, my number 10, in my top 10 mm. uh-huh. is the Barry Jenkins film that was released mm. in Australia in 2019,
0: If Beale Street Could Talk. <clears throat> uh, which would have been probably my number one of last year if I had mm. seen it in time to make my list, but I didn't. So. So I
1: thought this was uh, consummately crafted and intermittently inspired. Mm. Though I had some reservations about it, as you remember from the episode in which I discussed it, the best moments of this film have stayed with me over a long period of time, which I think is a testament to the film. So Mm.
0: that's why I named my number 10. Great film. What about your number 10, sir? My number 10 is a film that we covered on the podcast not that long ago. What? In fact, perhaps even the episode previous to this one. The night before Christmas? No.
1: The Christmas Prince?
0: We did watch the Christmas Prince. The
1: Christmas Witch? The Princess That's
0: Witch? <laughs> 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 the Princess Switch. No. Okay. So it is Ryan Johnson. Is the Princess Switch. It is Ryan Johnson's supremely entertaining *Knives Out*, uh, which I saw the again when we talked about. It really cemented my appreciation for it, and bumped another film, which was High Flying Bird, off this list. Uh, because, and uh, you know what, I, I've become sort of skeptical about High Flying Bird after hating the Laundromat so, much. so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Maybe I'll return to that at some point and watch it again. But Knives Out, just a uh, immaculately structured, very fun, very funny, who-got-it mystery that held up a second time. And I thought it was great. Knives Out.
1: Can I just say, like, in terms of star ratings, if we're talking mm. about Letterboxd here, our official sponsor, uh, Letterboxed. Yes. Only the top one, two, three, four, five films of my top mm. ten
0: have uh-huh. a four-star rating. <laughs> well, wow, that's that sounds like it's your problem, and not Letterbox's problem, my friend. No, it's not Letterbox's problem. I'm just saying. Oh. I'm just <laughs> referring
1: to Letterboxd so we can get. Yeah, a I think
0: I think we can agree uh, that this was not a great year for cinema. <laughs> I mean, I don't just know. That, no I'm
1: sure there's so many films I missed that could well have made my top ten. But from yeah, what yeah. I watched, it was a bit of a struggle to compile this top ten.
0: I did not have trouble compiling a top fifteen, but anything after fifteen, I did. There's nothing else I like, pretty much. So. Okay,
1: so my number nine is Rocket Man.
0: <laughs> Funnily enough, which was a surprisingly enjoyable wow. musical biopic. <laughs> that's that's really surprises me. Rocket Man, better, <laughs> better than Barry Jenkins's. Better than it feels she could talk. Yeah,
1: I mean that they they could switch places pretty easily, but you know nine ten. What's your number uh, nine?
0: <laughs> well, no, no, you gotta you gotta um, explicate your appreciation for.
1: I said it was a surprisingly enjoyable musical <laughs> biopic yeah. directed by Dexter yeah, Fletcher.
0: What more do you fucking want? Please, please go. Please continue. I want, I want you to describe your the other qualities uh, about it you liked. I thought the musical sequences
1: were well handled. Mm. Again, surprisingly, for this type of film. And uh, I thought it had a little bit more substance than...
0: Mm. Your typical biopic. Mm. What's your fucking number nine? Whoa, whoa, calm down. Uh, my number nine is Takashi Miike's supremely enjoyable yakuza film, First Love. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, you know, Takashi Miike you know, he's one of my hero filmmakers, um, and this film is a lot of fun and has a little strain of melancholy that I thought was appealing. Um, and has probably the moment I've laughed at hardest in the movies this year. So I have to give it props for that. My number eight is another
1: musical film. It is the film... Uh-huh.
0: ...Yesterday. <laughs> well, okay, I guess it can't account for all tastes. So I just want to point out that you like Yesterday more than you liked The Yostriek Talk. That's right. <laughs> Please continue, though. Please continue.
1: If I could summarize yesterday in one word, that one <laughs> word would be perfect.
0: Our, 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 combined, our agreed upon, our product A plus official worst, seventh worst film of the year. But also seventh best film of the year <laughs> yeah, on no. my individual list. Maybe me may, on your list. Yeah. Hopefully, it still makes
1: the combined top ten, but probably not. What's uh, your number seven?
0: My number seven is a film that we both enjoy, which is David Mitchell's Under the Silver Lake. Hmm. A very fun, grotesque, frequently funny, strange, oddball detective story starring Andrew Garfield in his best performance to date, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed this film's sort of shaggy... Conspiratorial vibe And that's why it's my number 7 of the year Under the Silver Lake Cool And I enjoy the way it sort of upends The you know loner Stereotype in cinema too it Makes this guy a psychopath <laughs> Anyway That's my number 7 What's your number 6, six. My okay. number 6
1: is Joe Cornish's The Kid Who Would Be King <laughs> Oh boy a witty, charming children's adventure film that you probably forgot you watched.
0: <laughs> uh, that was that was another film I considered putting on uh, my movies that we forgot that I forgot that we watched for the. I mean, honestly, year, so. me too. But still, <laughs> there it is, number <laughs> number six. <laughs> I I can't even say I really have an opinion about it. I remember being mildly amused when I was at the theater. So, what's your number six? My number six is Shinya Tsukamoto's Film and you know what? Maybe this one was technically was released last year, but it didn't really get released at all in North America, except for in festivals. And I mm-hmm. saw it at a festival date this year. Shinya Tsukimotos, Tsukimotos, killing. Which is this really brutal and um, sort of angry samurai film uh, that I really enjoyed and has some of the uh, most. I don't know if best is the right word, but most impactful sort of violent action scenes this year. So that's killing Shinya Tsukimoto, Number six.
1: And Number five is uh, Top End Wedding.
0: Mm. An a Australian film. Was, film.
1: Uh, an Australian film, recently released in the United States or about to be released in the United States. Um, it's a charming romantic comedy from Wayne Blair, co-written by Miranda Tupsel, who also stars. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it smartly sidelines the romance in favour of an examination of family and indigenous heritage. Top end wedding.
0: I haven't seen it. What is your number... Five? Five. My number five is a film we talked about a little bit ago, which is... Transit. Mm. And I have to say... This year pretty much my top five. I could put them in any order. This is just how I felt when I made this list. But our list pause, change the order now. Nope. Uh, I'm gonna it's set and sewed now. It's too eight. The European canon is here. It's too eight. It's too eight. Okay. Anyway, so transit. This very strange Kafka esque film that's between time periods, and it's just this—I uh, don't know—intensely moving and strange explanation uh, or exploration of what it means to be a refugee. Uh, and I really, really love this film a lot. So that's crazy. You should watch it. Yes. <laughs> hey, fuck, fuck off. <laughs> no, no, I should watch it. I agree. I'm just saying, All right, yeah. let's let's hear number four, my. My number four, number four is a film that has appeared in your okay, list with your previously.
1: Mouse, you loser. The same list. My number four is Under the Silver Lake. What? David Robert Mitchell's playful excoriation of alt-right conspiracy theorists. Featuring a suitably odious performance by Andrew Garfield.
0: My number four is a film we talked about not that long ago on this podcast. Which is Man Scassese's The Irishman. Mm. It's just this sort of stunning CGI-fueled epic about being a bad guy and then regretting your how shitty and empty your life was. Duh. <laughs> uh, what is your number three, Hugh? My number four. What? You just did your number four. I don't. Know. I don't understand how numbers work. <laughs> but what, what are you? Are you okay?
1: Hang on. Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, my number four. You just said under the server Lake. That must be my number five. Well, no way. Okay, so <laughs> but you started. I started with if Beale Street could talk, number ten. Yes. Rocket Man, number okay. nine. The King okay. will be king, number eight. Okay. Top end wedding, number seven. Huh? What? Wait, what happened? If Beale Street could talk, number ten. Rocket uh-huh. Man. Number 9. Yesterday, uh-huh. number 8. The Kid who Would Be King, number 7. Ah, there you go. Top End Winning, number 6. Under the Silver Lake, number 5. That's what I've done wrong. Oh, uh, okay. My number 4 is the same as your number 4. And it the is... The Irishman? Martin Scorsese is the Irishman.
0: Wait, did I, did I skip one on my list then? I don't know. Because... We uh we you started didn't you? I think I did
1: start, and it's po- you possibly skipped one because I said number four when I was talking about under the silver lake, which was actually number five.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well I think I may have skipped my number eight, so I'm just gonna go through it again. <laughs> my number ten, <laughs> my number ten is number knives out. Okay, we talked about that. This is staying <laughs> in. My number nine, first love. Yeah. My number eight is Her Smell. I think I skipped that one. You
1: did skip that one, yes.
0: Yeah, which is a very abrasive Alex Ross Perry film about a punk singer. It features a very wonderful performance by Elizabeth Moss. I don't know what else to say about it, but I really enjoyed this one a lot. Uh, Number seven, Under the Silver Lake. Number six, Killing. Number five, Transit. And number four, The Irishman.
1: And number four for me, also The Irishman.
0: Okay. So do your number three now so you can get back on track.
1: My number three is Knives Out. Mmm. Only
0: last week. That's true.
1: Knives that's Out being Ryan true. Johnson's extremely enjoyable genre exercise. What mm-hmm. is your
0: number three? Alright, so my number three is Ash's Purest White. Zhang Ki's ma- masterful meditation on the sort of changing landscape of industrialized China. Just pushed through by this exquisite undercurrent of romantic melancholy. Uh, I really love this film. It probably has my favorite single image in any film I saw this year, excepting the um, shit in the toilet and Under the Silver Lake. But Ash's Purest White, just a marvelous, marvelous, beautiful film. My number two
1: is Peter Strickland's In Fabric, Mm. which is a wickedly enjoyable pseudo-anthology. About a killer dress.
0: That has gotten a limited release here now.
1: Mm. What is your number
0: two? <laughs> what, you're, you're not going to entertain me and speak anymore? Nope. Okay, my number two is a film that was on your bottom of the gear list. It's Quentin Tarantino's Masterfully Done <laughs> <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> which prob- probably the single most enjoyable experience I had in the cinemas this year. There's something so wonderful about just exploring this world with these characters. Uh, and I also was... Oh, 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 basically, the top five films of this year were pushed along by this very melancholic spirit. Um, of the, these dying worlds. Uh, and I really love this film. And I think you're a piece of shit, <laughs> Uh That's it. That's my number two.
1: Hello?
0: Hello? Oh, Okay, your <laughs> your fake vomiting. Real vomiting. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. All right, um, you. Know, I guess it's all it's not just for you to reveal your number one movie of twenty nineteen to be right now.
1: My number one movie of twenty nineteen is. Mm-hmm. Atlantics.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of expected that would be it.
1: I I was surprised that this ended up being the film. Um uh-huh. You suggested that it might be on the previous episode in which I talked about Atlantics, and I was like, "No, nah, it can't be." And then when I looked at the other films I watched this year, I was like, "Yeah, I guess it
0: is." <laughs> so I'm glad to be proven just glad to be it right. There you go. And I'm also happy that you didn't put Unicorn Store on this list. I should have. <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah. I mean, you did give it its own special prize, but. So, Atlantics
1: was the best film, I guess, that I saw in 2019 that was from 2019, or hmm. released in 2019 in Australia.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, let's continue with that thread. With, are you ready to hear my number one? Can you guess what it is? Uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> if, I, if I were a real man, I would have put that on my list, but no.
1: <laughs> I've forgotten. I
0: can't think anymore. <laughs> You've had that much to drink. You've already said The Irishman, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. My number one movie this year... It's a movie that made me cry in the theaters. I saw all twice at theaters. No, let me finish. I didn't see that in theaters. No, it's all in the theaters. Dinocosta. I saw it at IMAX. Not a perfect film, but definitely the film that has stuck with me the most, and just the film that I thought I found was a moving, wonderful experience. It has already shown up on one of your lists. So, <laughs> of your ten or your five disappointments, which is James Gray's sci-fi epic Ad Astra, (laughs) which is just, I thought was just a beautiful, wonderfully made film, Um, and I don't know, I really was really moved by it, Um, and that's all it takes for a film to be my favorite of the year, Um, but I think it's probably the most I've cried watching any film at the end of the movie, so (laughs) you laugh all you want, you, you soulless son of a bitch. But, I cried uh, during
1: like the princess switch or whatever. Yeah, because
0: you're because you're a loser. Whereas you're like all over these closed off men in their spacesuits. fuck you, bro. Well, that's that's our that's our that's our best of 2019. Now send me your list so I can make the uh, combined list.
1: All right, one sec.
0: I feel like this is going to be really weird have some the feeling about that because we didn't really have that much overlap on our Now you yet to vamp uh, while I do this. Tell us some more fascinating antidotes. We were on a break. <laughs> just like our bottom films, there's going to be 11 films on this list just due to math. Okay? Okay. Ready? So our 11 through 10 number 11 through 10 is with 5 points each with five points each. Shinya Tuscamotos, Killing and whoever's top-end wedding. <laughs> Wayne Blair. Wayne Blair's top-end wedding. That's our number 11 through 10. Okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And number nine is Christian Petzold's Transit. Number eight okay. is jean Zhaan Ashes Ash's Purest White. Yes Uh, For number 7 through 5 There's a three way tie With 9 points apiece Are you ready? Mm Mhm. In fabric Knives out And once upon a time in Hollywood Wow Okay. And then For number (laughs) Number 4 through 2 There's another (laughs) three way tie With 10 points apiece (laughs) <laughs> which is <laughs> Unto the Silver Lake Atlantics and Ad Astra <laughs> and then our number one villain <laughs> of the year, just based on the fact that it was both of our number fours is Martin Scorsese's The Irishman so, no. there we go <laughs> that's so boring <laughs> well <laughs> you could have, you could have uh, I don't know put
1: <laughs> Unicorn Store? Uh, that would have uh, at least once more time in Hollywood is on both our
0: worst and best list well um that's that's all she wrote Um thanks for joining us for this wonderful holiday special
1: I'm an old Irish painter I paint your house with the blood of a stranger baby my That was Project A, plus Project A, plus that was Project A, plus Project A, plus featuring the both of us Project A. Plus, now it's time to say thanks very much. Please stay in touch, otherwise, we might lose the will to fight. Then we'll close down our website. We're gonna go. Say goodbye Hope you get that dream job Maybe meet a handsome guy We pray to God That you'll find happiness Before